0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. I right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Wait, did I say that right? Welcome back to the Plank Show right here on the ref.
1: I think you did, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I guess uh I need to pay closer attention. Welcome back, hour three.
0: <laughs> man, we got a lot to get to on the on the on, on the day. Right. Steel man and Thune are gonna be all over it. Parker was front and center on saturday night so is steely but i am i'm fired up dude i'm i'm still fired up i think i think there's a lot of work to be done and uh, what's what's the line dirty work done in the dark is that the the bb thing dirty work done hard in the dark yeah there you go (laughs) but yeah i'm i'm here for it i'm fired up have to
1: get extra dirty this week to make up for last
0: week yeah there it is isn't it um but here here, let's just let's just go through some checklist things here, Josh. There's a lot on the air comfort solutions text line, and you and Connor have us over the last thirty minutes, so um, we'll get to a lot of those coming up in a bit. But let's go through five five things, five things we we've learned for the sooners after week four, okay, It's kind of like my version of things we know after week four. And I go through this. All right. Now, this is the most obvious part of all of it, okay? Number five, there's still work to be done <laughs> defensively. And we've, we have said that, right? We said that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There was no mission accomplished. And I remember what, uh, our, our Wednesday um, scaries or Wednesday concerns, I brought up you having people say nice things about you. Right? You're having people say good things about you. And how do you handle that? I don't know that Oklahoma can point to that as an excuse, right? But there was a lot of really good things said about this Oklahoma football team last week, Josh. That um, was hammered back home that, listen, nothing is accomplished yet. There's still work to be done know. it's a, it's a captain obvious thing, but I'm telling you what, dude, this, this staff is not just going to, all right, Hey, we, we just have a few things to fix. I mean, they'll strip it down to the studs every week. So I know it's a captain obvious thing, but five things there's still, there's still work to be done. agreed
1: agreed agreed. yeah I mean obviously in both sides of the football as I'm you know I don't want to jump ahead in case one of your other talking points is on here but go ahead well I mean look Dylan Gabriel's got to be better right he's got to be better I mean there were again I I don't think that they lost this game I you know for me it's hard to say you lost this game because of Dylan Gabriel. Because again, Dylan Gabriel and offensively, Oklahoma puts 34 points on the board. At times, he was really, really good. But look, I, I see a fourth down play uh, like the rest of you that needs to get
0: made. Um, I did have Dylan Gabriel on here, so let's have that discussion because I, you know, I had it at number two, but just again, there's no particular order here, so let's go number four. Dylan Gabriel's got to be better. But I I feel – and I said this last week, right? And I felt like that we held a couple of big misses against him. I felt like we held a couple of big early misses against him. And one of those Saturday was uh, Drake Stoops running wide open from the slot down the field and Theo Weiss was on the outside and the ball somehow landed between those two. I still don't know how that happened. Um, I don't know if someone got bumped and maybe ran a different line on the route or what, but I I don't know what happened there. But there were – and then, my gosh, was it the, the fourth down throw on the slant to Farouk? You know, he makes these passes where you're in these throws, you're like, what is that? And then he'll throw this absolute laser. And the throw to Mims was pretty special. He, he's got a sweet deep ball. Um, But, yeah, and, and that's, you know, the, we could sit here and do, what, what's the scout, 81? Is that the number for, for college football? I think 85. They, okay, 85. But, yeah, if you look at, 85, 85 guys have got to play better. <laughs> but, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, very much so. And, like I said, the the, the first thing I saw when I opened up Twitter uh, after the game was over was, yeah, glad to see you weren't worried about Dylan Gabriel's accuracy last week. Hey, I'm not. I mean, I think the kid's going to be okay. But two things did happen late in that game that I haven't seen happen to him – in all the tape I've watched of him, he had two balls batted at the line of scrimmage. Two. And, and two kind of important ones. And I think the Sooners still went and scored on that drive, but it, it ate a little bit more time off the clock that, you know, could have been precious seconds if, you know, they <laughs> they, they had got an onside kick. But got to be better. Got to be better, right? All right, here's number three for me. And is there anything else you want to add on on, on Gabriel, Josh? No, I mean, okay. I think that
1: that pretty well <laughs> touches on all of it there I mean he's, look, everybody sees it, right? I mean, there's throws that uh when you have makeables, you got to make makeables it just right is what it is, and you can do a ton of great things in a football game, but ultimately, when you lose the game, people mm-hmm. are going to come back to wh- why was this makeable not
0: made? All right now dare I go with something positive here at number three is is it too early to go positive at number three it's too early but I'd love to hear it (laughs) (laughs) our running backs are really good and you know you just go down the list whenever the worst of your running backs was averaging four yards per carry that's pretty good and the quarterback run game has even more potential than I feel like we even had. Um, Some might argue maybe the Sooners should have run the ball a little bit more, but I felt like their run-pass balance was pretty good. So 16 carries, 114 yards for Eric Gray. I talked to him after the game. He talked about running more physical. Um, Dylan Gabriel was averaging what? almost 9 yards whenever he would tuck and run. We we didn't see as much of the the wide receiver, kind of those jet sweeps. Um but yeah, I, I I know it's I know it's positive and and we're not in a positive mood, but Josh, I felt like the running game was really really good and continues to improve from what it was in what week 2 of the season.
1: It's been great to see and The way that Eric Gray's running the football is really, really impressive. And at times in this game, you can kind of say, man, maybe they should have done that a little bit more. Um,
0: Agreed. Agreed. All right. Number two. I'm trying to think of the the best way to put this, but got to get better in the trenches. Got to get better in the trenches. Um kansas state i get it they play a physical style it's frustrating it's confusing but to me you gotta get better in the trenches and it's not gonna get these are there's a lot of things you're gonna hear consistently this week and and i'm not making any apologies for it it's just uh Oklahoma State fans, Tulsa fans, Arkansas fans, Alabama fans, fans of every school know it. You know, you're going to lose games. No, no one consistently goes undefeated. It's just not reality. Uh, but when you lose a game like you did on Saturday, it's like more enraging than you can imagine when, you, when that's your team and that's who you either are a, a, a diehard fan of or that you invest in or, or whatever it might be. And you can't have you can't have that type of domination in the trenches. And Kansas State did it defensively. I mean, they did. And well, I'm to rephrase that Kansas State did it offensively, not not as much defensively. I mean, I I haven't had a chance. I'm about to go do a TV show here in a bit with an O-line guru who may be able to t- to learn me up a little bit, but. I mean, you gotta win those. I don't remember hearing Jordan Kelly's name called on Saturday night. I don't I don't remember hearing Reggie Grimes' name called it, you know, we talked in the past that, you know, these edge rushers, you know, sometimes you won't hear their name and they're doing everything right. Well, I hear their name even whenever, you know, Teddy's going back over guys that he thought did things right. You heard their name because they were getting too far past the quarterback and they weren't disciplined and leveling out their rush, it's just – can't get beat in the trenches like that. And that's, unfortunately, what happened for the Sooners on Saturday night. So, maybe that falls under. Um, there's still work to be done. But, Josh, the second thing is you've got to be more consistent in your physicality for Oklahoma, and that wasn't there on Saturday night.
1: And OU had been so great in the TFL's department. I mean, second nationally, I think, was uh, – where they ranked coming into this game, obviously they fell well short of what their averages on the season had been. Plank, they only had four tackles for loss in this game. They never sacked Adrian Martinez. So, I again, with a lot of the defensive shortcomings, I, I place a large lion's share of that blame on what didn't happen up front for Oklahoma, and that's that's yeah. not to let linebackers off the hook, and that's not to say that the secondary was good in this game, but I just think that, yes, I- I'm with you. I mean, the trenches was a-, a problem area, particularly defensively for Oklahoma, and they'd been really good, really disruptive through their first three games, but they weren't on Saturday at home versus
0: Kansas State. They just weren't. Um, hey, This is, by the way, before I get to number one, <laughs> someone – Someone hit hit us up with uh, from the 405 with their five things. Uh, rush three and drop eight, still can't stop them. Number four, adjustments on defense need to happen a little sooner. Three, Gabriel's work in progress. Two, work continues to move us forward. However, fundamentals on defensive tackling is suspect. And number one, OU is not all that. We have potential, but not there yet. Stop babying the players and the fans. Uh, listen, that's my style. All right, I'm not – I don't think this is ever going to be a show where you come in and I tell you everybody sucks and everybody needs to be fired. But I'm also not going to tell you it's all good. So whatever your the definition of babying is, that's fine. But I think that's one thing he hit on a really – or she hit on a really good point on Gabriel. We do forget sometimes the guy didn't play last year uh, outside of, what, two games, three games, and – you know, this is his first year at a Power 5 school. But you're expected to come in and be, you know, whatever Caleb had be, started to become, and, and now you're going to be compared to that because he's at USC. You're expected to be Baker and Jalen and Kyler Murray. That's the level of expectation. So there's no ramp-up period, man. There's Let's go. You're the guy. You better, you better be in the Heisman conversation or you suck. That's the reality of it. But my, my number one was a little bit different okay and maybe my number 1 is a little soft but my number 1 is you've done it you've done it you've created a great atmosphere at OU and it's always been there but it just it's a little bit more juiced so i i hope that this continues for the final three home games i hope it does because you know beyond all the talk about flickering lights and having a song to start the fourth quarter that kind of makes a a little bit more since and things of that nature. I, uh, I, I, I think we've created one hell of an environment here at OU and it's been there, but it's almost, it's almost as if it's a little bit of a different level. The home schedule is, is wild, right? Suddenly, you know, we've only got three games left at home and and they're all challenging and they're all beasts. Kansas is good. That's October 15th. Baylor is good. That's November fifth. Oklahoma State is good. That's November nineteenth, and that's it. That's it. Well,
1: you know, the improvement of Kansas and really West Virginia getting right this past weekend versus Virginia Tech means this. The Kevin Henry phrase ain't no rock and chair games. Yeah, so I mean, true. truly this year, and maybe it's cliched or we've said it in the past and I don't want to get my words taken out of context here and twisted into I'm saying that Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State playing the Big 12 Conference. I'm not. But, man, there is no game that I look at and combined with OU losing at home to Kansas State, there is no game I look at the schedule at on the schedule right now and say, OU's winning that thing for sure. I mean, every single game is winnable. Every single game is losable right now for Oklahoma. It's crazy.
0: It's the Big 12 this year, man. It's the Big 12. It's Big Twelve football. <laughs> Who's that? Dan Hawkins. Um. By <laughs> no, the way, uh, it, I I love this dude. You got to I got to find out what your name is. You got to give yourself a name. It's it's it whatever your name is. He goes, okay, they're not all that yet. My guys uh, over the Sooner football fans podcast, but I I have my my game day traditions right. I have my game day traditions. I didn't get my pregame bro hug in with Matt Wells. Maybe that was part of the problem. But when I walk around, I always see my man Terry Long, you know, when I'm going around that north end zone. Got to dab him up. They made a prognostication as we take a, a break here, and I kind of scoot. This team will not lose again. I'll be right. I think that'd be fun. Um, <laughs> Zach, I believe OU's alternate uniforms share the blame for this OU's loss on Saturday. <laughs> Where does that – by the way, of all the funny things that kind of took over last week from a bedlam conversation, but of all the things, Josh, Mm -hmm. how did that end up getting – so how how do these things start? From the fire alarm allegedly going off at the hotel in Nebraska, which never happened, to the alternate uniforms, which was never even a thing last week. Where does all this come from?
1: I think it's just one person says, I want to see alternates this week, and then (laughs) – off and running, or I heard, I heard that, man, they're they're thinking about these anthracite alternates. Here we go. I don't know. Then uh, away we go. And, yeah, Uh, so
0: much for that. Probably should have worn those. Josh and Connor have you the rest of the way. And, and I I mean, I just – that atmosphere, man, well done. Bravo. I I wish the Sooners had a win – and I know there was a lot of people that I talked to that Saturday was the first game they were able to make, right? Saturday was the first game they were able to check out because maybe family responsibilities or just work and travel. And it's just – it was great. Fans fans did their part, and I think it will continue to be awesome throughout the next three home games. And, the course of course, the Brent Venables era. It's important. Heading Which uh, coaches are you talking to today? LeDamian Washington and Brandon Hall. First for both. So, first time I've ever met LeDamian Washington. I mean, I'm pretty sure he sees me scooting around behind his huddles all the time. But uh, I'm excited to meet him and talk to him today. I think he's done a well-of-a-job with his guys. So, we got that. All right, Connor and, uh, Connor is in, right? Thumbs he's up. He's in.
1: He's in. Two I'll thumbs up. That.
0: All right, we'll see you guys. I'll see you back here tomorrow. I'll be in studio, which makes me very happy. Um, Josh and Connor will hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line next. This is the home of Sooner fans.
1: You know, all things considered, I think, surprisingly, folks are handling today pretty well. Pretty well. I think the, the anger, anger's probably going to set in tomorrow. We've got move on past it Monday, make sense of it Monday, and tomorrow will be Tantrum Tuesday, which, hey, I totally understand. It was a frustrating performance, but generally speaking, it's not been... You know, jumping up and down, screaming outrage today, sort of we knew that this was going to be a bit of a process for Brent Venables in Oklahoma and surprise, surprise the mission is not totally accomplished yet but uh, clearly there were some massive cracks that were exposed in Oklahoma versus Kansas State defensively, just a terrible performance, really uh, for OU big step in the wrong direction there Again, this OU defense that had been so great, so disruptive up front, just uh, for whatever reason, they they never found that on Saturday night versus Kansas State, Adrian Martinez. They allowed him to settle in and just be tremendous in this game. And really, I mean, that's got to be the best game of Martinez's college career, right? If it's not, then... It's it's right there. It's on the short list. I love to, uh, by the way, good morning. Welcome to the show. Connor Pasby is in the house. What is what is happening, my friend?
2: Good morning. Just trying to get got through the weekend. Yeah, like you said earlier on in the show, it's Move On Monday. I know it's hard, but <laughs> we got to get past this. And Josh, this week, this is a really good TCU team that Oklahoma's going to Fort Worth. They're kind of on the roll. They look good last week against SMU.
1: Yeah, that's a nice win for them, and uh, they've laid Colorado to waste, which everybody's laying Colorado to waste kind of the same way everybody's laying Nebraska to waste. So, you know, somebody sent me – well, I'll just say John Williams from Sooners Wire and, you know, who uh, I do the podcast with, Locked on Sooners, sent me over his power rankings, and he was talking his way through it. Where do you put Oklahoma? It's – Tough to have Oklahoma in really, you know, kind of the top half of your power rankings right now. I think I'd still probably have them maybe fifth, even coming off of this disappointing performance. And maybe that's just me falling prey to the idea of who I I think Oklahoma is still going to wind up being in 2022. If you do the power rankings, I think you have Oklahoma State one. You have Baylor two. And then do you have K-State three?
2: I would do that. Yeah, I would have KU four. I would give some respect to the Jayhawks, probably.
1: And and then OU5 and, you know, however else you would, you would go about it. A bunch of great texts from you. And I do want to share some of Brent Venable's opening comments from his uh, post-game press conference before we get out of here, so maybe we'll do that next. But, listen, you, you guys chime in, and you are the pulse of the station. You are the pulse of this show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine so just jump right into some of your responses Uh, speaking of handling this well this was maybe from the realm of not handling it as well how much time did you spend yesterday coming up with explanations for our sooners well let's see so i would have uh yesterday connor i woke up promptly at about i don't know It was for a sunday where i didn't really have to wake up early i feel like i i got up early and actually got to work and writing and doing some things at a decent hour. Probably about 7.45 I woke up and then wrote for a little bit and then eight 8.45 rolled around and I said, okay, now how can I excuse away this loss for Oklahoma for the listeners tomorrow? Got to get to work on how we can smooth this thing over for the Sooner fans. I don't think there's been a bunch of glossing over this morning. I mean, I think we've kind of called it like it is, right? Defense was bad.
2: And you even have the PA announcer get involved in this, too, with the
1: Boomer. Biggest (laughs) villain in the whole metro area, the OU PA announcer. Boomer. False start. (laughs) Boomer. Let's go ahead and punt it away. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably the the shelf life on the whole Boomer thing is uh, coming to a close. Which somebody, whoever you were that texted this, I thought this was a... Smart question out there. If, if there was a problem with that the first couple of home games, why why was that not already addressed? If that has impacted the way that Oklahoma's operating offensively at all, I mean, how did that make it to this home game versus Kansas State? Uh, and I don't know. I mean, did it result in a false start or two? Maybe. I mean, I don't know that we can uh, – Totally pinpoint that down to that. G- generally speaking, yeah, I mean, you'd like your PA guy to not be talking during that point. And if you're trying to run tempo, then, yeah, I mean, let's let's get that out of the mix. Again, I, I don't know that you can directly correlate the two, but when things go poorly, guess what? Folks are going to correlate the two. Well,
2: and th- there was a handful of false starts in the UTEP game and the Kent State game. Kent State game as well but uh I'm gonna go to the text line from Gunny how do we continue to make average QBs look great through the first three games Josh for Martinez 304 passing yards 150 combined right yes 150 rushing yards he had 148 rushing yards I know he four matched TDs it. Saturday so he basically matched what he had in the first three games
1: yeah no I know he uh Completely matched his production on the ground in this one game versus Oklahoma. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that, Gunny. Why Oklahoma makes uh, average quarterbacks at time look great. I mean, obviously you're getting everybody's best shot and this and that, but OU just simply was not disruptive enough, man. They, they let Adrian Martinez believe that he was going to play well in Norman, and guess what? He You got to give it up to him. Four rushing touchdowns through the uh, touchdown pass late to Malik Knowles. Five total touchdowns. Threw it well. Ran it well. I thought had a good idea of when to stand tall in the pocket and when to vacate the pocket. And even early in the game on that long third down that they had on that first drive, able to, to roll out, evade the pocket, escape the pocket, and boom, run for a first down. And that was synonymous of, how the whole game played out for OU. So just defensively, I thought the guys up front really didn't do a good enough job. Jalen Redmond. I know that uh, some folks have uh, asked, hey, what about getting him more snaps? That's got to be something that that has to be on the table, has to be uh, on the table. Uh, K-State, Corey, K-State didn't open up their playbook until this weekend. Yeah, I'm sure there's some of that too, for Kansas State. I mean, to some degree, though. I mean, how much, uh, how much do you do you wait to open up your playbook at the expense of losing a home game to lane? I, I, you know, I, I'm sure there is some truth to that, for sure. Well, it's about- and, and then the other part is Adrian Martinez played better, right? I mean, played really, really good. Give him his uh, flowers.
2: Yeah, and in the trenches as well. There was a total of two. QB hurries from the offensive, or from the defensive line for OU. Jalen Redmond had two hurries. Martinez just had all the time in the world, Josh, to choose if he wanted to pass it or tuck it and run.
1: How about this? Quit making excuses. We got our ass beat. OU's always had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. What excuses are you hearing?
2: I thought we were all being negative here. (laughs) That's that's the goal of this Monday. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not making excuses whatsoever. OU just got. I simply they just got manhandled. Yeah, they weren't good. Yeah,
1: They defensively were not good. Dylan Gabriel, left plays out there.
2: And Simp could not get off the field when you needed to. 10 for 19 on third and fourth down conversions for K-State.
1: Based on what I saw this past weekend for Oklahoma, I see other losses on the schedule for the Sooners. I mean, when have I hopped on the microphone and said, man, I think that they're going to – win eight straight games and then they're gonna win a ninth and win the Big Twelve Championships. I I don't think that I've said that this morning. But I'm you know, you do try to be positive about maybe Oklahoma flipping this thing around. And they've had a track record for doing that. Yes. The last done. four times they've lost conference openers, they've won the Big Twelve Championship. Now, does that matter for this season? Absolutely not. I don't think so. Three times it was under Bob Stoops and the other time obviously it was under head coach Lincoln Riley. I've heard Dylan Gabriel's not a Power 5 quarterback. I mean, well, that's, I think, a little bit
2: ridiculous.
1: The hate People would have said Adrian Martinez isn't a Power 5 quarterback after the Tulane game. How did that work out?
2: I think the hate he was getting after Saturday was just ridiculous. He did miss some throws, a big one where he had stoops open. But, dude, the dude was good enough to win you a ball game. So far this season, Josh, he hasn't turned the ball over one time. You can't give – you can't give up 500 yards to a, to a K-State team that could not do anything offensively to the first three games. It's just as simple as that.
1: Well, and without having sat and watched every single play of Kansas State coming into this week, there probably is something to what K-State Corey's saying, that there was some vanilla to the Wildcats before obviously coming down to Norman. And yet, you know, I just... I don't know. I find it really hard to believe that a coaching staff would willingly, willingly sacrifice a game at home to Tulane and go on and lose that game, just for the hopes and just for the the purposes of coming into Norman and, you know, leaving less on tape, right? I mean, at some point you got to go win that game. They didn't do that, but they came down to uh, came down to Norman and got the thing done and really executed. Against uh, the Sooners. Not you guys, the OU fans. Okay, appreciate that. Sorry about that. Mis- uh, misunderstanding on my part. I thought you were saying we were sitting up here making a bunch of excuses. Yeah, no, I, yeah, the, the false start thing, sure, yeah. Blame the PA guy as much as you want, but it's not the PA guy's fault that they had a false start. I you mean, is it by the book? Is it how you would want things to operate? Probably not, and it's not going to be that way going forward, I would imagine. But you're right on that. Just go execute. And play better defense. And hit open receivers when you have them on critical situations.
2: And getting Mims more involved too, Josh. That's been really odd to me. The only time we see Mims get involved is just the deep balls. There's no short routes, simple routes to get him the ball quicker. But I'm not a coach, Josh, so.
1: (laughs) We are. You're not a coach. You could be, though.
2: Yeah. We try to stay away from that. but.
1: Hey, hour number three, as always, is brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker at Rooftech a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Just a couple more segments to go. Still time to squeeze you in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line if you want to dial us up and chime in here 405-329-9000 Josh and Connor it's the Plank Show right here the Home Homestuda fans back with you right after this welcome back it is the Plank Show Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby this hour again brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma locally owned and operated for 30 years Josh Tucker give him a call at Rooftech for all of your roofing needs 405-703-4245 where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry so uh and I'm sorry keep in mind out there if we're getting a ton of text messages so if if you fire one off and we haven't hit it it's not that you you're getting ducked or there's a lot to hit and they fall through the cracks here and there but i actually i thought this was a fair question and i I meant to address it last segment so i'm sorry that i didn't air comfort solutions text line 405-651-3439 how much better Will Lincoln Riley's first year as head coach be as compared to Brent Venables' first year as head coach? This is going to be the compare and contrast, right? The the yin and yang all season long and probably for the first couple of years between Riley and Venables. Right now, because USC is undefeated and because obviously Oklahoma is coming off of the heels of a... Another disappointing home loss to Kansas State. Right now there's some that probably feel pretty good that maybe it's going to be Lincoln Riley that has a better first year as head coach. I, I still think it's too early to say definitively that that's going to be the case. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Oklahoma to to win out and go win a Big 12 championship. Now, I'll be the first to tell you there's plenty of pretty alarming stuff that we saw on Saturday from OU. This was not the same defense that we saw again against teams like UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska. The caliber of opponent, obviously, in Kansas State was ramped up and there were some serious, serious problems defensively. USC for its part, you know, they didn't look great versus Oregon State, but 17-14, to 14, not a bad win over Oregon State. So, you know, we'll see. I, I just don't like comparing those either. But we got to be fair about it, right? Because everybody sat here and pointed fingers and, and laughed at this is going to go so wrong. I can't wait for things to fall apart for Lincoln Riley and for USC. Well, right now, give them credit where credit's due. They're 4-0. and And looking at their schedule, they're going to beat Arizona State this week. Then they have Washington State at home. That's a losable game, but probably you, you would expect them to win that game. And then obviously the real test. Hitting the road, what what happens for them when they go over to Utah? Notre Dame at home. That's their regular season finale. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to find a bunch of losses on the schedule outside of that Utah and maybe the Notre Dame game for them. So I mean, there's a chance though that OU and USC both kind of finishes two loss, three loss type teams. I don't think it's out of uh, possibility here that USC loses to Washington State, Utah, and Notre Dame. So let's just see how it unfolds. Right now, USC's off to a better start than Oklahoma because guess what? OU didn't take care of business this week versus Kansas State.
2: And USC, I guess, somewhat – no, I'm not saying they took care of business against Oregon State. That was – the score was what, 7-3 to three at halftime, Oregon State? 17-14 and- final. Yep, 7-3 at halftime, then Oregon State quarterback through four picks. The turnover margin is just ridiculous for USC right now, which and we did not see in Norman <laughs> whatsoever.
1: You know what? This texture right here on the Air Comfort Solutions text line is right. 405-651-3439. And this was actually what I meant to say about this. Who gives a bleep? About USC. Exactly. Now, now that Oklahoma's had its first loss and USC's undefeated and they, they don't play in the same league, yes, Lincoln Riley used to coach here. It
2: doesn't matter what USC is doing. Quit, quit staying up to 11 p.m. to see if they won also. What matters is what Oklahoma
1: does the rest of the way. Nothing that Lincoln Riley did at OU matters anymore, and nothing that he does at USC directly affects Oklahoma anymore. What matters for the Sooners is that they pull themselves back together, find a way to go play better defense and go win at TCU this week, and then go get ready to win a tough rivalry game that right now, if uh, if you had to pick it, I think you'd still favor OU at the Cotton Bowl. But I said earlier this morning, I mean, literally right now looking at the schedule, Connor, I can see OU winning every single game the rest of the way I could see a scenario where Oklahoma loses any of its remaining Big 12 games, and that's due in part to Kansas being better this season, right? That's, that's due in part to West Virginia getting up off the mat this week in routing Virginia Tech late. There is not one team on the schedule right now that I can definitively look at and say, yeah, OU's going to – they're absolutely going to win that game.
2: Yeah, you can look at it both ways. Either win out, or yes, I can see them losing too. But man, we talked about before the season started how critical this three-game stretch was, and yes, it started Saturday night against K-State, and then you go to TCU and Texas. That's where it starts right now. The honeymoon phase is over, Josh. Now it's big boy yeah. ball, and you got conference play.
1: As soon as in, you know what? I said this. I said this over the off season to just try and let people know. That as soon as the first loss happened, the honeymoon phase would be over, and we'd get a little bit of it. And we've gotten some of it this morning. That well, it's going to take time, and Brent doesn't have all of his guys on defense. There's some that feel that way and are going to be patient, but let's just let's just see how the whole week unfolds and how everybody reacts, because I've got a sneaking suspicion that whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Wednesday, the. Uh, The dam is about to burst, Connor, and there's going to be some people that are pissed off about the way Oklahoma played versus Kansas State this weekend, and to quote the man himself, it ain't good enough. And the, hey, let's give him a little bit of time to get his guys in here thing, that doesn't fly at Oklahoma, okay? And as soon as loss number two happens, if it does happen, guess what? It intensifies. And loss number three, it intensifies. So... To this texter's point right here, how will Brent Venable's first year at OU compare to Riley's first at OU? Well, for Brent, I uh, hope that it compares comparably. And he finds a way to get this thing together, and they can win out and go win the Big 12 Conference because right now it's trending toward – it's going to be worse than Lincoln Riley's first year at Oklahoma. Because that was an Oklahoma team, obviously, that uh, – Looked like maybe they were going to beat Georgia in the Rose Bowl and go play for a national championship, and it, it never happened.
2: Someone said, um, let's see, maybe he wasn't running from SEC, maybe just running from KSU.
1: <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma is clearly trying to get away from Kansas State. Unfortunately, those guys uh, have just had OU's number here, and you just got to give them credit, man. got to cr- give them credit. It's,
2: it's just crazy. The – when comparing OU's record to everybody else in the Big 12 and K-State the last, can you say, yeah, the last 20 years, it's just ridiculous. Going back to Colin Klein when he got that win in Norman, that's where it started right there.
1: One thing we got to stop, too, is this narrative like Venables inherited this broken thing at Oklahoma. Yeah, a couple of guys transferred out, but th- this roster's good and it's built to win and it's built to win in this Big 12 conference right here and right now. So the narrative that – uh Riley took over this super talented team from Stoops. Yeah, he got Baker Mayfield, but I don't know, man. Offensively, there was a ton of NFL talent on that 17 team. But across the board, offensively and defensively, man, I don't know that there's much difference between that 17 team and who OU is right now in 2022. So one final break. Let's come back. Let's put a bow tie on this Making sense of it Monday. The Wildcats beat uh, Oklahoma again, again, in Norman 41 34 for the final. Josh and Connor, it's The Plank Show. Back with you one final time on The Ref right after this. All right, one final time. We're back. Maybe I jumped the gun a smidge on the this team's comparable to 17, but really it's going to boil down to is this defense better than that defense? And if the answer by year's end is yes, then – the The situations to me are somewhat comparable, but I, I hear you on the text line. obviously, Baker Mayfield is a different type of quarterback than Dylan Gabriel. different caliber. I get it, okay. Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick. i'm not I'm not a complete idiot. I'm just saying that if you think that that seventeen team was wildly better than this one, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll argue up and down with you. I, I just I'm not there yet. Maybe this team stinks. Maybe you're right maybe they're gonna lose four or five games and not be very good, and then, uh you know, several weeks from now we can have the conversation about how stupid that take was and how poorly it's aged. but the the idea that the seventeen team was just a bunch of juggernauts, I've always thought was incorrect too, so
2: it's a little similar, but man, Josh Homer, on this move on Monday, you got everybody stirred up in here.
1: I know yeah i'm I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One final time. This hour is brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker at Rooftech a call for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. The one thing I think we can maybe agree on here is the Big 12 similar to what it was that season, right? I mean – this thing is winnable. Every game is winnable. So let's let's see how Oklahoma responds now. Seventeen team. Guess what? They had their own hiccup and they found a way to to go uh, get to the the brink of a national championship game. Obviously, uh, didn't quite get there. Well, that's uh, one day this week in the books. That's it for us. Uh, for Plank, I'm Josh. For Connor, I'm Josh. Time to hand it over to the professional Steelman and Thune at noon next right here on The Ref.